time, I want to start by saying thank you to my tech team who are here uh, making this happen. Uh, for the next several weeks, until the Lord allows us to meet again, we will congregate via remote technology every Sunday morning at 1045. And then on Wednesday nights, we'll do so again at 7 o'clock. We're going to open up our program this morning with a word of prayer. And I want to encourage everyone that's listening, uh, if you would put in, your com- in the comments section any prayer requests you have, uh, we will make sure that we pray for those as well. So we're going to pray, and then I'm going to ask Brother Ken to come up and sing for us to open us up in a very t- timely song. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we come to you today uh, in, in earnestness, Lord, understanding the reality of what our nation and our world is facing. Lord, I pray for just a few moments for every church across our country that is operating via remote platform today, that you'd be with those technology teams, that you'd be with the preachers, and Lord, that you would just speak peace to everyone that's listening. We understand that in difficult times, our minds can wander and our hearts can become scared and afraid, but we also know that we serve a God who's in control, who's got the end figured out from the beginning, and none of this takes you by surprise. So, Lord, as we come to you today, we ask that you bless our service here at SAGBC. To everyone that is listening via remote technology, that you would bless them. Lord, during our song and our preaching time, may your presence be felt. Lord, you've promised as many years ago, 2,000 years ago, in fact, that where two or three are gathered, you'd be in the midst. So, Lord, we ask that you show up in churches across the country today. Lord, we pause a moment and ask you to bless the leadership of our country. Lord, they need you and we need them. And we understand you've given us the leadership for such a time as this. So, Lord, we ask that you just have your will and your way. We'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Ken's going to sing for us this morning. You pray for him as he sings a timely song.
song for what we face this hour. I've got several things I want to just go over with the church this morning uh, through the means of our, our Facebook Live and whatever platform you're utilizing, and then we're going to get straight into the Word today. Uh, first of all, I am so grateful for all the phone calls, call, uh, emails, and inboxes we've had <clears throat> regarding how to uh, continue to financially support the church. I'm not going to talk a lot about this other than to say thank you. Uh, if you're not sure what to do, if you utilize our uh, tithing platform, you can still do that. Our online tithing system or the app, you can continue to do that. If you want to mail that in, you can mail it into the church, SAGBC, P.O. Box 250, Stanleytown, Virginia, 24168. Again, P.O. Box 250, Stanleytown, Virginia, 24168. Put that to the attention of our treasurer, and we'll take care of it. I'm not going to talk about that every week, but I do want to say thank you to those who've asked, and thank you to those who've been able to continue to support us. Of course, uh, as, as we well know, everything is uh, all the events and activities that we had planned over the next few weeks, anyway, are canceled until we have further clarification, until further notice. We'll continue to keep you posted on that. And then as we said at the top of the program, at the beginning of the program this morning, if you have prayer requests that you want our team to be praying about, we encourage you to put those in in the comments section, uh, even if it's an unspoken request. And we'll make sure that we're all praying for that. We're facing a lot of things this morning, not just the coronavirus, what our nation is going through, but individuals are facing difficulties and calamities and problems, and we want to make sure that we continue to do exactly what the Bible says, which is to bear one another's burdens. So let me invite you this morning to turn with me to Psalm 56, if you would, please. Psalm 56. We're going to look at a few verses from Psalm 56 and then a few verses from Psalm 57. Psalm 56. <clears throat> And in Psalm 57. And again, I'll remind you that every Sunday morning, 1045, we'll be here live. And then every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, uh, we'll be live as well. We're going to do our best to keep connected with you, uh, even while we uh, have to physically stay apart. And uh, what a blessing that we can come to you this, this, through this avenue of a live broadcast. Psalm 56 is where we're looking. If you have a reference Bible, 
it tells you that this is written to the chief musician, and it says it's a Mitchum of David. That word Mitchum just means it's a prayer. And it even tells you <clears throat> that it was when the Philistines took David in Gath. So let's begin reading in Psalm 56. We'll read the first three verses. The Bible says, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Verse number two says, Mine enemies would daily swallow me up. For they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. Look at verse 3. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Verse 4 says, I w- In God I will praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Now flip over a page to Psalm 57. Again, another psalm of David, if you have a reference Bible. And the superscription there, it tells you that this is also to the chief musician. Another Mitchum, or a prayer of David. But this time, he wrote this when he was fleeing from Saul and was in the cave of Dullah. Notice verse 1. Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Note this next clause. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. Selah, God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. Let's pray. Father, again we say thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to come to our family and to our friends, our church family this morning through uh, Facebook Live or through the live streaming broadcast of our website. Lord, I know that these are difficult times and I say again, that's not taking you by surprise. So Lord, as we look into your word for a few moments this morning, we ask that you would speak through us. and Lord, that you would put your hand uh, upon the preaching uh, this hour. God, I ask uh, that you'd speak through the message that I believe with all of my heart, you've laid upon my heart, and that you'd use it to be a blessing to the folks. Lord, if there's anybody listening today that's never been gloriously born again, I pray that this would be the hour that they'd be saved. And Lord, that you'd use this calamity to draw men and women unto you and to spend the Holy Ghost to speak peace that only the Holy Spirit can speak. We love you today. That's not a surprise. But what is so amazing is that you love us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You'll note that I purposely didn't do a congregation song. We're going to do one at the end of the, of the broadcast. We'll do what, what a day that will be at the end of the program. But I want to take just a few moments to talk to you about this phrase that's written in Psalm 57. Verse number one, under the sh- in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge. I want to give you a message this morning that I'm entitling under the shadow of God's wings. Under the shadow of God's wings. I want to take just a moment before I get into the message and talk directly, if I can, to the three youngest generations that may be listening this morning. One of my 
favorite topics to study and one of my favorite things to talk about, especially in the educational world, is uh, genealogical theory. And that is the theory that surrounds the different genealogies or, or the, uh, 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 the different generations, I should say, generational theory and the different generations and how that plays out in society around us. And I want to talk, if I can, specifically to my generation, which is usually referred to as Generation X, and the two younger generations that are referred to as the Millennials and Generation Z. If you search history, you understand that our great-grandparents, who are often referred to as the GI generation, endured and survived the incredible calamities associated with the Great Depression. That was a devastating four years in our country and indeed around the world. And if you talk to many of the senior saints who lived through that, they will tell you that it was the defining moment of their generation. It shaped who they were. It shaped what they became. And in fact, really became that rallying point around which that, that, that generation was united. And then you fast forward to our grandparents' generation, often referred to used to be referred to as the silent generation, but now typically referred to as the greatest generation. They endured and survived the horrors that were associated with World War II. The scarcity of, uh, of goods that were prevalent during World War II, the, the way that the entire nation rolled up its sleeves and, and fought a common enemy to make sure that democracy and freedom reigned throughout America and throughout Europe. And, and that, that greatest generation will tell you that it was World War II that defined them and helped solidify them and many of the acts and decisions and the way they conduct themselves and, and, and who they are as people were, were created because of what they endured during uh, World War II. Our parents, the baby boomers, they survived having endured the horrors of the Vietnam War and some of them the Korean conflict. And again, much of their life's story was identified and solidified because of who they were as a result of their exposure and what they experienced during the Vietnam War. Horrors that are so difficult that many of them were never able to really talk about what they saw and what they experienced. Those three generations, the GI generation, the greatest generation, and the baby boomers, really helped shape the fabric of what this country became. I say that this morning because I believe it's now time for the three younger generations to step up and do our part. Whether you're a part of Generation X, whether you're a millennial, whether you're part of Generation Z, it is now time for us to take up the mantle that our parents, our grandparents, and our great-grandparents so courageously took up and do exactly what we need to do to keep this country safe and to make sure that democracy and freedom still reign throughout our country. This is not the time for us as a nation to panic. This is not the time for us to throw up our arms and begin to act silly. But it is in fact the time for us to do exactly what we've been asked to do so that this nation, and indeed now the world, can continue to fight what our president and vice president have referred to as a, an invisible enemy. The president's leadership team this week, on both sides of the political aisle, said that we are fighting an invisible enemy. 
an enemy that is difficult to see, an enemy, enemy that is ravaging parts of our country. We continue to be very fortunate that in our county there is no reported case, but you understand that it's creeping ever closer. And so it's time for us as the younger three generations to do the sacrificing work and step up to the plate that pre previous generations did. So what does that mean for us as a church? Well, it means simply for us as a church that we're going to abide by the requests of our president and our governor until we have safety call to return. Why are we doing that? I'll give you a couple of statistics this morning. A lot of you saw yesterday, if you're on social media, that we put out about our good friend who's scheduled to be here in August, Lord willing, Brother Kenny Baldwin, in the hospital now because of coronavirus. There's a family in New Jersey, a, a godly family, seven of them, uh, are, are now stricken in the same family, a mom and three children dead, and three others in critical condition. Uh, and of course, some of you saw the church in Georgia, where 41 members have tested positive, four of them in ICU, and one of them has passed away. I'm not giving you those statistics to scare you or to alarm you, but to remind everybody that this is an enemy that we're dealing with. This is an enemy that is trying to destroy what God has given us. No doubt there are tough times ahead of us, but it is time, I think, for us as a nation and us as a community to come together. And it's interesting that we come together by staying apart. It's interesting that right now we come together by staying apart. In fact, we have, as our presidential leadership team has said, declared war on this virus. Now, this is my personal opinion, but I believe that how we handle this will now become the defining moment of this generation. Every generation, of course, has that defining moment with which it is associated. Uh, for, for millennials, it's 9-11. For baby boomers, it's the assassination of JFK. And a lot of generational theorists kept wondering what would be the defining moment of Gen Z. Seemingly had not happened. We couldn't put our arms around it. What would be the thing that united this generation and said, uh, we remember where we were when this happened? I think in my mind, we figured it out now. It's going to be uh, this virus, but more importantly, how we handle this virus and what it takes for us to get back to what we had. It also is a reminder to us uh, to value that which is most valuable, and we'll talk about that in the message this morning. So I want to get into uh, what David says in both of these psalms, Psalm 56 and Psalm 57, and remind you that for David, these were incredibly frightening times. These were times of uncertainty for David. These were times that would define him as a king and define him as a leader, and times that would forever change how he conducted himself. Psalm 56, he was captured by the Philistines, Psalm 57. He was being uh, chased by Saul. In each of those instances, there were times that David had to look to the Lord. If there is a, 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 a benefit, and I use that word very loosely, if there is a positive that might come out of this, I hope it will be that there are those amongst us who will return back to the God from which we've walked away. One thing that often unites America, as did Israel, is that in the face of calamity, in the face of disaster, in the face of problems, we go back to the God from which we've walked away. In each of these times, David had a simple, single message. He says, I need to get to the Lord. There are times for all of us 
where we need to talk to the king. Times when we have to run to Jesus. And as a friend of mine said to me this week, times when we need a conversation with the big boss. Times when we have no place to go but to talk to God. Can I pause a moment and say, aren't you glad when you don't have any place else to go, you've always got a place to go. Times when we need to run and hide under the shadow of his wings. So I'm going to give you a message this morning that we're entitling just that, under the shadow of his wings. When we get under the shadow of his wings, there are three things that we find. Number one, Scripture tells us in Psalm 56 that in the shadow of his wings, there is a place of refuge. There's a place of refuge. One of the scary statements that was put out this week by several local and state governments was the order to shelter in place. The order to shelter in place. Those of you who've worked in a public setting, a public school or a public college, you know that's most often associated with what we think of as a live active shooter drill. When uh, someone, uh, during these active shooter trainings, when someone is pretending to come in and we're going through that practice of what we do in that situation, we often receive the order to shelter in place, which means to find a safe location indoors and stay there until you're given the all clear or told to evacuate. In addition to that active shooter, things like tornadoes and Chemical and radiological weapons can cause a community or cause a facility to have to shelter in place. That's a scary statement because it says to us that there's an enemy out there who's trying to destroy what it is that we have. For the child of God, the order to shelter in place means that we can run to God. For the child of God, the commandment or the order to shelter in place does not mean to run up under your desk and hide, uh, as we might do in a public setting, but rather is a commandment to run to the shadow of his wings. What can we run from this morning? I'll give you a couple of things quickly. We can run, number one, from the storms of this world. Storms of this world. Scripture tells us of two different times where the disciples and the Lord had to endure storms. The first one is found in Luke 8 and repeated again in John chapter 6. We know the story. Jesus had just fed the multitudes. He had told the disciples to get into the boat and go to the other side of the sea or the lake. And he was going to the back of the ship to get some much needed rest. As the disciples began to row uh, down that sea of Galilee, down the mountains on either side came a storm as only could happen on that sea of Galilee where the waters would begin to churn and the wind would begin to blow and the rain would begin to pound. And suddenly the disciples, the Bible said, were so afraid they did not think they could make it to the other side. Someone had the great idea to go to the back of the boat and wake the master. Of course, you know, if you've read your Bible, you know that Jesus stepped out and went to the front of the boat, and I don't think he hollered, I don't think he screamed, I think he simply said, peace be still, and in an instant, uh, the storm had to settle down. The one who spoke the world into existence, the universe into existence, uh, could command uh, the winds and the waves. The disciples were so astonished that they looked at each other and said, what manner of man is this that even the winds and waves obey his will? The other storm is, of course, found in Mark chapter number 6. This one is a little bit different. 
Because in this instance, the Lord had told the disciples to get into the boat and row to the other side and that he was going up into a mountaintop to pray. So in this instance, Jesus was not on board the boat with the disciples. And again, as they begin to row across to get to the other side, as the Lord had commanded, a storm begins to brew. Storm begins to rise, and once again the waves are crashing into the ship, and the waters are pounding, and the the, the winds are blowing. Uh, But this one is different, because this time the Lord's not on board the ship. There's no one that can say, uh, go wake the master. There's, There's no way for him to simply get up out of the back of the boat and step forward and say, peace be still. And in that instant, the disciples felt all alone. They felt abandonment. They felt like there was no way to watch them. But what they did not understand is that while the Lord was in the mountaintop praying, he kept one eye on the boat. And just when they felt like they were about to sink, just when they felt like they were about to go under, uh, he steps out onto the water, uh, and they think they've seen a ghost. Uh, Peter gets lots of chastisement for him, quote, sinking, but there were 12 disciples and only one stepped out. Uh, Peter steps out, uh, reaches out his hand, and this is the interesting part. The rain is still pounding. The winds are still going. Uh, the, 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 the storm is still at large. Uh, so this time he didn't calm the storm. He calmed the ship in the middle of the storm I am glad for those of us that know the Lord there are times when he will say peace be still and the winds and waves have to stop the storm has to die down but there are also times when he will not calm the storm but rather he calms the ship in the middle of the storm there's a song written by everybody knows my favorite songwriter goes like this impending storm just ahead I can see the darkened clouds. There's no way around it. There is no way out. There's danger all around me. Surely I would drown. But then the force of his presence makes those waves to lie down. The master said not a word as he stepped out on the sea, yet my heart was seeing clearly what he spoke to me. As he said to Peter, be not afraid, it is I. I won't leave you alone. With my eyes on the Savior, I could no longer see the storm. He walks out on the water. He faces the wind, how it roars and it thunders. Till He raised his hand. Waves which were raging were suddenly calm when he stepped between me and the storm. I am so glad for the child of God. Uh, there is a place where we can run with our storms and find rest under the shadow of of his wings. But not only can we run from our storms, uh, we can also shelter from Satan. We can shelter from our storms, but we can shelter from Satan. I think all of us understand that we have an enemy who is really roaring ferociously today. I believe our enemy is working overtime right now. What do you mean, preacher? I'm not just talking about the virus that our world is facing. But the Bible says that he's the author of confusion. I believe Satan is relishing in the chaos that our country and our world is facing. Scripture, in fact, Peter reminds us that he is that roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And unfortunately, I believe he is feasting on the chaos today. Satan is everywhere we go. He's at home He can find his place at work. He can find his place at school. But can I pause a moment and say, 
He cannot find us under the shadow of God's wings. There's a place we can shelter from the storm and a place we can shelter from Satan. Number one, under the shadow of his wings is a place of refuge. Number two, this morning, under the shadow of his wings is also a place where we can run. A place where we can run. What do we run with this morning? Quickly, number one, we can run with our problems. I have heard said all of my life that you cannot run from your problems. That whether you go here or go there, try to run away, your problems will follow you. I say this morning that though we cannot run from our problems, there is a place we can run with our problems. And I am thankful this morning that that there is a place for the child of God in the shadow of God's wings to run with every problem that we have. Pastor friend of mine uh, emailed me this week and talking about what his church was going to do and I was explaining what we were going to do and this particular preacher was concerned that he had many in his congregation who were suffering with things other than the effects of COVID-19. We began to chat electronically back and forth and he said this, he said, Preacher, COVID-19 seems to be taking up all the oxygen, but there are people who have cancer There are people with wayward children. There are people who are facing major surgery now. All of these things are happening, but we're not talking about any of that. Can I say to you this morning, for every problem that we face, there is a place we can run with them. A place where we will not be shut aside. A place that will not talk about anything other than what we are dealing with. A place we can run with our problems. But let me pause a moment and kind of redirect our thoughts. Because not only is there a place we can run with our problems, there is a place we can run with our praise. And go back into our scripture text for just a few moments. Verse, uh, uh, Psalm 57. We will read verse number 1 again. Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee, yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. I want you to note that David does not say if these calamities be overpassed. He doesn't say, I hope these calamities will be overpassed. He says, I'm going to stay here until these calamities be overpassed. Can I pause a moment and tell you what that means? That means he's got the confidence that what he's facing right now is not going to kill him. He's got the the obvious belief that what he's facing right now is temporary and that he will come out of this praising the Lord. In fact, if you read almost the rest of the entire psalm, it is all about praising God. Verses 1, 2, and 3 about running to God, and then the rest of the psalm is about praising God for delivering from what he ran from. Look at verse 4. My soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire. But look at verse 5. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. Verse 5. Verse 6. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me into the midst whereof they are fallen themselves. But verse 7. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. I'm astounded by the fact that the first few verses are about running to God with a problem. 
And the rest of the psalm is about praising God for delivering from what he ran from. I was struck by this thought the other day. I wonder if it's possible that the deliverance came because David ran to God with him. I wonder if David found deliverance from his problem because he ran to God with his problem. Those last verses are all about praising God. Let me, let me stop a moment and make a simple statement. When COVID-19 becomes part of our history books, instead of part of our present uh, predicament, we need to come out of this praising God for what God is going to do. Understand, yesterday as my wife and I were walking, we listened to the press report or to the press briefing that was done by the COVID-19 task force. I listened to it about every day. And this afternoon, yesterday afternoon, I think, was probably the most endearing to my heart. Because at the end of the briefing, uh, and this, I don't care what your political affiliation is, listen to what I'm about to say. The head of the task force, who is our vice president, was given the White House update yesterday, Saturday, March the 20th. And he stopped and said, I want to thank churches and other houses of faith. He stopped and said, I want to thank them for canceling their services and continuing to offer remote. And then he said something. He said, I want to thank them for praying. I want to ask people of faith and churches to continue to pray. And then he said, oh, we're going to praise God for what God delivers us from. Thank God, uh, church, that the God we serve uh, is not walking up, wringing his hands, trying to figure out what to do next. He's got this figured out. we got to stay under the shadow of his wings until this thing comes to pass. Place of refuge, number one. Place to run, number two. And finally, number three, a place of rest. Under the shadow of God's wings, we find a place to rest. When you read through both of these psalms, you will very quickly find out that David was weary. To use our language today, David was slap wore out. Most of you can probably relate to this. When I get physically wore out, my mind starts playing tricks on me. When I get run down, when I physically become overwhelmed and exhausted, my mind gets away with me. I start thinking things that I know are not right, I know are stupid, but my mind just seemingly runs away. I am glad that for the child of God, under the shadow of God's wings, there is a place where we can rest from the dread that we deal with. David was afraid in these two psalms. As men, we don't like to talk about that. But in Psalm 56, David was afraid of the Philistines. Psalm 57, David was afraid of Saul. But he found in each case that under God's wings is a place where he could find comfort from his fears. There's a hymn that we sing here at our church. My choir sings it. Let me read it to you. My soul in sad exile was out on life's sea, so burdened with sin and distressed, till I heard a sweet voice saying, Make me your choice, and I entered the haven of rest. I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail the wide seas no more. 
The tempest may sweep or the wild stormy deep, but in Jesus, I'm safe evermore. Rest from our dread. And finally this morning, we can rest from our duties. Shadow of God's wings, we can rest from our duties. I think all of you would have to agree that our life prior to COVID-19 was incredibly and sometimes overwhelmingly busy. Sometimes, and I am preaching to myself, too busy. My family, my friends, and all of you, you understand what it means to get so busy that it seems like we go from this to this to this to this and we live life instead of enjoying life. It's easy when we get overwhelmed with busyness to fail to enjoy the simple blessings that are all around us. Can I give you two personal examples? These might seem really, really silly to a lot of you. But two days ago, my wife and I cooked dinner on our back porch for the first time in four years. It's the first time that we've actually had an opportunity to go outside and cook dinner and sit down and just talk on the back porch while the, the meat was cooking on the grill. What a blessing. I mean, what a blessing. We put out on social media yesterday, needed to get out of the house just a little bit, and so we went walking on one of the local trails. Trail's been here for two, three years. We never had time to do it. Well, as I shared yesterday, we walked and walked and walked to what felt like 147 miles. And when we felt like we couldn't walk anymore, we decided to stop, but realized we had to turn around and walk all the way back. What a blessing to have a few minutes to enjoy some of the simple, simple things. Can I encourage all of you this morning, over the next several weeks, and it looks like it's going to be weeks, reconnect with what matters. Listen to me, busyness is not what matters. I know sometimes we don't have a choice. Look, I get it. I understand what it's like to have more than you can do and shake a stick at. But busyness is not what matters. Family matters. Church matters. Friends matter. Let me also encourage you to take a few minutes over the next several weeks and do something extra. Something you've never done before. I'll give you an example. My wife and I believe desperately in supporting local businesses. We need them. And they need us. So every time, this is just us. I'm not telling you to do it, but this is just us. Every time that we stop and get some takeout, we tip now double what we've tipped before. Because I know these waiters and waitresses are, are relying on it. Call a, call a senior saint. See if they need something. Tell them you'll get them the groceries and, and help them mow their grass. Do something different that you've never done before. I was, I'll close with this simple statement. I'm an avid reader of history. I love to read American history and specifically the influence of people of faith on American history. This past week, I was reading 
Uh, one of my favorite history books, it's uh, written by William Bennett, Dr. William Bennett, former Secretary of Education under President Ronald Reagan. He has two fantastic volumes of American history, looking at the influence of, of Christianity and people of faith on the creation of America. And he has a big standout quote that I've heard many times but resonated with me this week. During the Revolutionary War, following America's Declaration of Independence and our fight for liberty, France sent an ambassador to America by the name of Alex de Tocqueville. Again, he was the French ambassador to America following the Revolutionary War. And he has a very famous saying that is as real today as ever. He said, America is great because America is good. He went on to say, if America ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. So let me say to all of us this morning, this is the time for us as Americans and especially us as the younger three generations to show just how good we can be. Brother Ken, get that song ready, page 63. I'm going to let you come up here and lead it. I'm going to pray for us this morning and before we sign off, we're going to sing this song that all of us know so well what a day that will be. And I encourage you where you are with your family gathered around to pray with us. If you got kids, grab their hands. And you as a family, bow together in prayer. And we'll sing this together. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning thanking you for the privilege of coming into the homes of family members and church members. Lord, we thank you that we can still connect with one another even when we cannot physically be together. Lord, I'm asking today that you would send the Spirit of God to deliver peace. I know folks are scared. Uncertainty always brings fear. Lord, I pray that you would settle our hearts, settle our minds, keep our attention focused upon what matters. Lord, I pray for our grandparents and our parents that are having to remain inside just for basic safety purposes. Help us as younger generations to take care of those who have for so long taken care of us. Lord, I pray for mamas and daddies that are now trying to figure out how to make ends meet in an economy that seems to be spiraling. Yet, Lord, we know that there is a place where we can go find rest the shadow of your wings Lord we're looking forward to the day when we will stand with you what a glorious glorious day that will be in Jesus name amen I want everybody where you are to sing this with us everybody sing with us now
something you want us to pray about our team to pray for you put them in the comments and we will certainly do that even if you've got an unspoken request we're looking forward to being with you this wednesday night at seven o'clock we'll have a time of bible study we'll do a song we'll talk a little bit we'll pray a little bit might cry a little bit but we'll do it together and let me encourage you to check on each other this week especially those around you who may be of uh, senior saint age make sure they've got everything they need we love you thank you for tuning into the program today